Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Welcome to the podcast. We are back for show two for 2024. Did you notice that that is really loud, Mark Bickley? Is that a headphone thing or is it a volume thing? I don't know. It just blew my head off. Turns <laughs> it on. I think it's a, it's a headphone thing. That's probably you can control that and you're doing it deliberately just to... Yeah, just to see if you're still awake. Um, <laughs> just to keep me awake. We're back for 2024 with a new intro music as well. So that's a song from The Killers. We spoke about this morning. The song's called My Own Soul's Warning. I like it. It's a bit My different. My Own Soul's Warning. Yeah. Very different. Um, big show today. You'll be able to hear Matt Crouch, Asava Radagalia, and also Quick Bix with some other stuff. Um, and here we are. February, there's, I believe, and I'm only saying this because I saw a photo of Charlie Cameron yesterday on the AFL social saying there's Charlie Cameron days until the first bounce. So that was yesterday. So I'm assuming now there's Charlie Dixon days. 22. Jordan Dawson, 22? No. Uh, what did number? See, this is the thing. When Is he 12? Yes. Okay. Who's 22 for the Crows? Isaac Rankin. Yes. No, he's no, 23. No, uh, 22 for the Crows. I keep thinking Andy Otten. It was 22. <laughs> Um, yeah, good one. <laughs> 22 now, I don't know. When I look at my team. Oscar is, Ryan. Oh, he's brand new this year. So he's he's taken over the number. But um, I just, you see their their faces and and their, just their movements. You don't even actually have to look at their number. So who was 22 last year? Well, good question. Isaac Rankin was 22 last and year. He, he's Because Shane McAdam left to vacate 23. There you go. See, we were close. I mean, you weren't when you said Andy Otten. Well, he was 22. Are you sure? Maybe he was 20. <laughs> Google, Andy, Google Andy Otten. Thank goodness that wasn't in Quick Bix. I would have got that wrong. Okay, I'll have a look. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was 22. No, I think you're right. Yeah, he was. So Thank you. Um, uh, Andy Otten... And Ian Perry. Sarge. Sarge. Billy Frampton. Andy Otten. Sarge. <laughs> Peter Turner. And Michael Murphy. Murph. Murphy Brown. Macumba was his nickname. Michael Macumba. Why is that? I've got no idea. Must Maybe it was a Glenelg thing. But um, oh. anyway, Big Murph. This is good on the Crows website. So the number 22 has received 25 Brownlow votes. Has it? Yeah. Wow. 257 goals kicked, 285 games played. Who's played the most games, you reckon, wearing the number 22 for the Crows? Well, Perry would have played Sarge. over 100. Yeah, 116. Yeah, he's a life member at the LA Footy Club. Um, so he's the most. Okay, what about, what's the most capped Guernsey in the history of the footy club? Mate, I'm not Siri. How am I supposed to find that out just like that? Well, so you want me to type that in? Well, no, no, no. But if you go to, well, there's probably a couple of numbers. Like nine would be close because it's got Sloan and Tyson Sure. Edwards. Can I just make an assumption and say it's 32 because of Rusciuto and Dangerfield? Yeah, but what about before that? What do you mean? Well, what about when um, Bruce Lindsay wore it? He didn't, you know, for the first two years, it didn't get a whole lot of of a run. Right. You think about Tyson Edwards. And well, you know, you also have access to stuff in front of you that you can research yeah, stuff. But, but that'd take me 15 minutes to find. <laughs> Whereas it takes you 15 seconds. I'm Most like... capped crows number. All right. What about seven? Van Burlow and smart. I could just make it up, right? No, no, you couldn't. Someone, oh. someone will correct you. 
Hmm. Looks like it's um. Yeah, it looks like it's number forty-five here in Strawn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back maybe tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast with an answer. That's a little tease. Will you research it? I'll research it. Maybe we'll have it as a. Do you want to have a wager that you won't research it? Yeah. Okay. What? What? A coffee? Yes. Yes. A good coffee. Yeah. And. I'm going to get. Um, I'm not going to remind you between now and no, tomorrow. You, you won't have to. It'll be there. Okay. And I'm going to get a large coffee with oat milk, and it's going to cost you seven dollars <laughs> fifty. Coffee's so expensive now, hey. Yeah, if you're going to buy it, it probably costs six cents to make. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like making coffee. I like the smell. It cle- cleanses your palate. Really? Coffee beans. Do they? Yeah. I thought they leave it leaves a coffee. No, so if you go that. if you go wine tasting or something, they usually have some coffee beans there that you can just clear the nostrils. What? what you smell it or suck on them? What do you do? You smell them. <laughs> you just don't eat a coffee. So how do you cleanse your palate with a smell? That that's because you're smelling a lot of wine, hmm. so it just neutralizes it all. But is that your palate? Can you research that too? Isn't, <laughs> isn't your palate in your mouth? Your taste? I don't know. I've, I'll be honest, I'm losing interest in this chat really quickly. So, um, well, if, if you are, all the podcast, they didn't even make the podcast. Enjoy the podcast. They've turned off already. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. And good morning to you on SENSA Breakfast at two minutes past six. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, it is one of those days where you walk into the wonderful Studio Lumo. It's a normal day. You think everything's going to be normal, but you have a look around and you've got a you've got a little sparkle in your eye. You look romantic today. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. Uh, same to you, Jared. Um, I, I must say there, there are a number of things uh, on my calendar that I look forward to uh, that I sort of put a little gold star next to, you know, like um, that we celebrate. But Valentine's Day is not one of them, really. I'm not really a romantic, um, I must say. So, so to Tori, I, look, I've made the effort over the years, but probably today... Not a huge effort. So um, when you say you've made the effort over the years, give us an understanding of what sort of effort that you have well, you made. Know, I've bought presents and we've gone out to dinner and I've, you know made different arrangements. Um, but because you just you just waffled on there for a little bit because I'm learning about you and it's been twelve <laughs> months of learning. When it comes to effort, um, I'm not a big celebrator. You know, you're not I'm, a big effort maker uh, in many things. Uh, so even last week when I celebrated my 40th birthday, it was your wife who put mm. something up on social media, who went to a lot of effort. She did. Incredible yeah. she's effort. A, she's a celebrator. She loves it. I think that's a wonderful thing, but isn't today the opportunity for you to, you know, get a bunch of flowers or steal some olive oil from Studio Lumo and just <laughs> have some Cobram Estate chili infused olive oil and say... Um, happy Valentine's Day, Tori. I love you. Oh, I say that every day. So why why is Valentine's Day any different? Like, shouldn't you make the effort every day? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, since you're nah, not much. No. <laughs> <laughs> we so, will be. Yeah, uh, come on. So Gabby's sitting at home. She's probably awake. She's probably listening, and she's saying, "Oh, 
can't wait to see what's going to happen. Well, she she was awake in the early hours of the morning, mm. not just because we've got a new little cavoodle at home, Luna, that likes to soil everywhere, but it was the first time that we heard a particular noise in the middle of the night in the house we've been in for 12 months. Oh, no, it's not haunted, is it? Well, it wasn't the bats that are in the fig tree. Mm. It wasn't Luna, who has obviously some bowel issues (laughs) and a urinary tract infection by the looks of it. (laughs) But we heard, and I shouldn't laugh at it, we heard this noise. Followed by a... Mom! Oh, they fell it's the out of bed. first time our youngest daughter Aspen fell out of bed. Oh well, you said she doesn't sleep in a bunk, does she? No, oh, but we've good. got floorboards. Oh, that's good though. <laughs> so it was very disappointing. So we've had to now put pillows all around the bed in the case of her falling out. I mean, that, that's just quite a scary thing to happen in the middle of the night. Oh well, you'll survive. It's a bit of you're an experienced parent now. Like. Yeah, but you don't have to see. This is why you you don't do Valentine's Day because you don't have a heart. <laughs> you don't <laughs> love. You don't. I'm old and cynical. I grew up at a different time. Like you are old and cynical. Hey, yeah. If I fell out of bed in in my day, like I would have woke up on the floor. Yeah. It's it. Parents just were a bit tougher back then. Just a bit harder on you. So you sort of climb up and get back in the bed or. Shut up and go back to sleep. Have a think about who you want to show some love to today. On the text line, 0427-154-166. Uh, before 7 o'clock this morning, we will be confessing our love to some athletes or, or teams or something to do with sport. Front page of the paper today, Bix, a lot of people confessing their love and also disappointment to Taylor Swift, who's fresh from a Super Bowl victory as part of the Kansas City Chiefs. And she's on her way to Australia. Um, This is going to be quite big on the weekend. She's performing in Melbourne. She's got a gig in Sydney. She's not coming to Adelaide. So there's a cardboard cutout floating around Adelaide at the moment that everybody's trying to celebrate Taylor Swift. She's coming here, but she's not coming here. There's outrage. Yes, there's discussions around it's going to cost the state $100 million in economic activity and lots of other bits and pieces, but... I guess it is what it is. And and there's so many people that I've spoken to that are packing up, getting ready, heading to, to Melbourne uh, to see Taylor Swift perform there. I've got a few friends or a few people I know that are heading to Sydney as well to, to take in the, the concert there. So I guess it's disappointing, but goodness me, it's not the first time an artist hasn't come to Adelaide, is it? No, and a lot of artists aren't coming to Adelaide and there's always that question of why and The issue that we face here is venue size. Hmm. So the entertainment center seats about 9,000 people. So artists lose money when they come to Adelaide, unless they play at an Adelaide Oval, Hmm. which you need to see if the venue is available to play at Adelaide Oval. Um, And then your next kind of downsized venue would be going to Hindmarsh, like the Foo Fighters did Hmm. in December. You have the drive, but for someone of the, the scale of, Taylor Swift. Yeah, she's in the Adele category and yeah, Ed Sheeran yeah. and those types of guys. She'd sell out Adelaide Oval, no problem oh, whatsoever. Twice. Um, logistically, it might just be challenging and artists are turning away. It, as much as we want to have these big names here, it also makes a good little getaway if you do want to head over mm. there. But you think about if you've got a last minute ticket to Taylor Swift, you are safer driving than flying over to Victoria this weekend because of how expensive flights would be. All the airlines would know that. 
Yeah, and now you've got the uh, bushfires and blackouts in, in Victoria. Yeah, too. so the MCG might not have power. <laughs> well, if you're just waking up and you haven't quite seen the sort of breakfast uh, TV shows this morning, at one stage there was half a million Victorians without power. Uh, so not dissimilar to what happened in South Australia a couple mm. of years back. A couple of transmission towers were were blown clean over. So um, that's not ideal. And, and at the same time, you've got some bushfires that are happening around the Grampians. So uh, there's been some quite crazy weather along the, the sort of eastern seaboard for most of the year, up through Queensland mainly and a little bit of Sydney and, and now Melbourne uh, are copping it. So we've, we've sort of escaped unscathed, touch wood so far this year, which is quite lucky. So the thing on the front page of the paper this morning got me thinking, Bix, and we are here, back for 2024, thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. I feel that in my elderly age I am now at 40, mm. um, I'm becoming quite cynical. And <laughs> So that's where I am. I'm, I'm yeah, you're a lot older than I am, I'm though. Bit, yeah, plenty. But I'm, I'm, I'm probably becoming a little bit grumpy. Um, I'm already there. And... We we have a pretty honest and open relationship where we can hold each other to account. Mm, mm. So it got me thinking by having a look at the paper. Can you can you just describe the image on the front page of the advertiser with Taylor Swift today? Well, so basically what they've done, this is the advertiser have found a Taylor Swift cutout and they've taken her all around Adelaide, but they've used Taylor Swift on the um uh the, the Adelaide, roof climb, the Adelaide Oval roof climb, and they've got her all decked out with uh, a lovely young lady, uh, Justine um, Gordro Fuster, who is alongside her with some love heart shaped sunglasses. Okay, so let's use this as a bit of a case study for something that I want to introduce in 2024, and we both can use this. Okay, mm. this is called "Am I Overreacting." Okay, so coincidentally, it's a Taylor Swift song there. You've uh, integrated that. Okay. Um, This is what I have to say. It's a very good stinger. I love that. Thank you. Um, I've done the roof climb five times, Mm. and it's a job requirement for my role at Adelaide Oval. So during the test, I had to go up there for a drinks break and say, how good's this? Look at me, everyone. And, you know, over summer, what was wonderful about the roof climb is um, I got to watch Travis Head make his 100 from the roof. Mm. But then there's this part, which you can see on the front page of the paper, where there's this lean back part yes. of the roof climb. Got it. Um, Done it. What were your thoughts of it? Um, look, I'm not a, a person who is afraid of heights. So I thought it was nice. Um, it was a good view. Looking back towards the city, I leant back. Didn't bother me too much. Um, but I took my two boys up there and they absolutely loved it. So okay. they thought it was fantastic. What you're you're going to poo poo it, are you? So I'll ask the question: Am I overreacting? But there is not one part of me that enjoys the roof climb. Oh, really? <laughs> like I've done it, and the guy Scott at the end, he said, "What did you think?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yep, all right, I'm done." Yeah, it, I I appreciate the view. Mm. I don't like heights. Mm. I don't like the hang off part of it. Okay. And I kiss the ground when I get back oh, down on really? there. Yeah. 
case that worries you. But but see, that's part of it because it takes you out of your comfort zone. That's meant to be so part. uncomfortable. And did you feel good when you got down? Say, yeah, I did it. I felt good when I got down because mm. my feet were on the surface. Okay. Have mm. you seen the show Squid Game? Uh, no. Okay, there's a scene in Squid Game which basically is like the walk to the roof climb where you look down and there's holes in the surface and you're going, I could fall through here at any moment. Mm, okay. Now, it's extremely safe. Mm. It's wonderful for tourism. Yep. But it's not for me. Okay. Am I overreacting? Uh, no. No, you're not. You're fine. Um, I mentioned to you I, I saw a movie called Fall. Yeah, I watched is, the trailer yesterday. Which is on Netflix or one of those uh, streaming services. And it's along similar lines where <sighs> – they would, it's about climbing and, um, and these guys and girls are free climbers. So they would climb these sheer cliff faces with no ropes or, yep. or they would climb structures and they'd get on the top of the structure, like a giant antenna. And then they'd just unclip themselves and hang on one hand. And you're saying, why are you doing that? I was, you know, you're, you're wriggling in your seat thinking if your fingers slip, you're going to die. It's not good. Some people just just enjoy that sort of stuff. But anyway, it's not for me. But I didn't mind the roof climb. And I think if I went, um, like I wouldn't mind actually one day doing the Harbour Bridge climb. I reckon that would be pretty iconic as well. All right. Well, you're on your own there, mate. Um, we're here thanks to Tire Power. Yeah, so Save so big you, time on Falcon All-Terrain Tires. So you are overreacting, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. What do you think? Let us know. 0427 <laughs> Dracos says, I'm a day late. Welcome back. We have a big show today. We're going to be joined by new Port Adelaide recruit, Sava Radigalia. We are going to be joined by, you could almost say, new Adelaide Crows recruit, considering he was incredible for the second half of 2023. Matt Crouch, Quick Bix is here. And if you want to send some love to Mark Bickley, to someone you'd love to love, or anyone, just let us know. Our number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're going for 25 degrees today. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, Valentine's Day. You've got to keep thinking about who you're going to confess your love to this morning in the sporting world. It could be a team. It could be someone that you've hidden love away from for a very long period of time and now it's time to confess it. It Suppressed it. Yeah. I I think we're a safe show where we can do that. It's completely up to you. Uh, In the meantime, let's have a look at what's going on in the world of sport. We are waking up to the conclusion of the summer of cricket. Yes, the West Indies completed their tour of Australia with a win in Perth in the final T20 of the series whilst the series was already decided the Windies broke loose on Optus Stadium last night with Andre Russell especially damaging with the bat. He smashed 71 from just 29 deliveries to help his team to an imposing 6 for 222 from their 20 over. Let's have a listen. That might be the plan of attack for Russell. He goes and swings again, and this time he connects even better. And that has gone deep into the crowd at the eastern end for six. Johnson bowls again, and Russell hits him again. And this time he may be caught by Maxwell. He is at long off. So a stellar knock from Andre Russell comes to an end. It was brilliant, Bix, considering, <laughs> mm. considering 
He was the player I was talking about yesterday that they couldn't locate in Hobart <laughs> before the first <laughs> oh, T20 yeah. match. So he's done quite well. Well, he did. Hit seven sixes in that. Took uh, a liking to, to Adam Zampa, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, Australia started their way to five for 183 in reply to go down by 37 runs. So I think what it does do, it outlines um, the West Indies strength. That does, doesn't it? They had three innings. They made over 200 in each of those innings. So I know the T20 World Cup is coming up. So whilst they struggled in the 50-over the form of the game, they will be formidable, you would think, in the shorter form. Want some information about this? Yes, please. All right, let's bring him in. I'm the stat man. I'm the stat. Here's some stats from the final dead old T20 international. So the West Indies, it was their second T20 international victory in Australia ever. Only a second. Yes. David Warner, player of the series. His run scoring was 70, 22 and 81. So we're not going to see him play for Australia apart from if he's selected for the T20 World Cup. I'm sure he will be. So yes. That'll be his swan song. So we're not going to see him on, in Australia again, apart from BPL, uh, BBL, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Russell, he's 71 off 29. So he came in when the Windies were five for 79. In the 19th over, he scored 28 runs. 6 mm. 0 Four, six, six, six. I'm going to finish you with this stat, all right? Okay. Adam Zampa's one for 65 was the worst T20 international figures by an Australian. One for 65 or four overs. Yeah, that's not great, is it? And, and Zampa, who was arguably the star of the, uh, yes. the World Cup win in India and uh, a great player, um, copped a little bit of tap. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Say big time on Falcon, all-terrain tyres. It's 22 minutes past six. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 27 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Uh, Mark Bickley, we have a big lineup of guests this morning. Asava Radigalia from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Matt Crouch from the Crows is going to be joining us too. If you want us to ask anything on your behalf, you can text through your questions. 0427154166. We have a Signet Boost Power Bank. It's going to keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered. 24-7, uh, Matt Crouch is going to be an interesting one. I, I'm trying to find a way to ask him, like, whether he wanted to stay at Adelaide last mm. year. But I don't know how to phrase that because I don't want to offend him. I, I'm i pretty confident that he absolutely wanted to stay because, uh, you know, for others that may have felt a little bit um, uh, ticked off that, that sat on the sidelines, you know, and played Sample, even though they'd been in great form and knew that what they could do. When he came in, he was outstanding, you know, picked up pretty much where he'd left off. Yeah. Uh, and, and so a lot of people would have said, well, there you go. I showed you what I could do. Now I'm going to go and grab two years somewhere else. But he uh, and his manager fought really hard to get two years to stay in Adelaide. So he's pretty set here, I think. Asava Radigali has been a two-year plan as well for Port Adelaide because they missed out on him in the last off-season. So um, he would be looking to prove a point, not just to the Port fans, but also to his former club, Geelong. Well, yeah, and it's, it's so important. You'd think of... Asava and Aliyah, what a, a dynamic duo for Port Adelaide. That's been an Achilles heel. I think that sort of very much shores that up. But I'm keen to talk about 
how much he played as a defender, as a junior, because really what we've seen over the last couple of years is, you know, spasmodically in defence, but now he's been recruited as a pure defender. So this is going to be interesting to see uh, how much craft he's got. We're going to hear from Jason Horn francis next who reflects on last year and looking forward to a big 2024. It's SENSA Breakfast. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 27 minutes to seven. Good morning to you. Back for 2024 in Studio Lumo. Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley, on this Valentine's Day, this morning we are asking who you want to share some love to. Who do you love? Who would you love to love? It could be a a player, current, former player, a team, historical team or current team. Uh, Sending your text 0427 154 166. You could get that Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Can I share a little bit of Valentine's Day love to a player who I know you have a soft spot for, mm, and that is Victor Wembanyama. Oh, love him. Love him. You still love him? Have you been following the NBA over the summer here in Australia? Without a miss. I cannot, cannot get What have you loved most about the NBA over I, the summer? I love the uh, the Lakers uh, uh, Golden State overtime game. That was excellent. Sort of caught up with that, watched it. Yeah, what did you love about that? Well, I love that Steph sort of shot what he thought was the winner before, uh, um, what's his name? I don't know. You're telling the Le- story. LeBron sort of gets the ball. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> four seconds to go and, and ices the game. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. All right. I don't want to stitch you up here, but for the non-basketball purists, explain a triple-double. Can you do that? A triple-double is uh, is triple points or <clears throat> double figure points yep. double figure rebounds double figure assists exactly yeah. so victor wembanyama yesterday mm-hmm. he achieved another triple double he's second in his career and he's only a rookie yes but can i break down his triple double for you mm-hmm. so yesterday victor wembanyama had 27 points not bad yeah, pretty good not bad he had 14 rebounds yep he had five assists he had 10 blocks. 10 blocks. So he had a triple-double which featured 10 blocks. Wow. So not the traditional triple-double. Not your traditional triple-double. Um, that rarely happens. And he's just taking over at the moment. So he's uh, making a pretty compelling argument to win Rookie of the Year. So, so what's the – just going back to that uh, Golden State um, Lakers game, that went in a double overtime. I yes. Think. Um, so what's the rules there? Because wouldn't five or six players get triple doubles because you play an extra 10 minutes of effectively an extra quarter? Yeah, but it, it is quite a challenge to achieve a triple double. So if you think the points part is probably the easiest mm. part of doing that, if you're a professional basketballer, yeah. but the, the rebounding and the assist, it's, it's a whole different ball game part in the pun. So well, no, it's not it's still basketball. That's a stupid comment. <laughs> it's not suddenly soccer or suddenly NFL it's, or AFL. It's still basketball. So it's not a new ball game. No, I get it. I, yeah, I get it. You don't need to go. Tell us about Jason Horn Francis, uh, please. Well, um, 
Uh, Jason, on Francis, he spoke yesterday, of course, Port Adelaide are on their uh, community uh, tour. They're down on the Fleurio Peninsula. And he, and he sat in front of the assembled media and, and talked about his his first season. Now, he had a lot to do with his first season with um, the booing and lots of other different things that were going on. But he's, um, he's grateful for what uh, the experience taught him. I went through a lot in my first year and um, probably can't top what I went through in my first year. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm really well prepared for, for what what's to come in the future. Um, so, yeah, I can't be more grateful for, I guess, what I went through, which is probably silly, but, yeah, it was, it was good to get that exposure. I learned a lot. Um, I learned that footy is 80% in your head and 20% on the field. Dad's always told me that when I was from when I was a young young kid. So it was very good learning about that. And um, like I said, it gave me a lot of exposure for the years to come. It was definitely hard early, um, I guess, not knowing why. You, well, I guess knowing why, but um, from other supporter base, not knowing why. But... It was, it, was, it was tough early, but, you know, you get used to it. Would you say you weathered the storm really well in 2023? I, I have a feeling now, and I might be proven wrong, that he's not going to get booed at all no. in 2024. That's gone now. That's, no. that's gone. It's that, that 12 months he can put behind him and go, great, I've gone through that part. That won't happen again. A bit of the Nathan Buckley. I think he went through something similar. Um, and like I say, once you experience it, it gets a bit boorish really and and it didn't affect him he still just got on with it he didn't complain he what the thing I love most about that little comment that um that Jason made was about how he is grateful for the experience like to me that sort of sort of speaks of a growth mindset you know you could look back and he said it was tough some people look back and say oh it's tough and it's not fair and why did they do it and you know like you know I was really down and it was a really you know really tough he was saying no look I went through it and and I learned some stuff from it, so I'm grateful now for that experience, and I'm better prepared, and uh, and I know that I'll be better for it in the long run. So I just think that's um, it's a great way to reframe that. What was mm. a negative at the time, he's seeing it as a positive, and and saying that that allows him now to be better prepared and to be able to sort of deal with all the ups and downs and sort of build his resilience, no doubt. So you know, if I'm a port supporter, I'm pretty happy with the way that Jason's going. Um, he also talked about. Um, going to the US with Travis Boak, what an experience that would have been for a young man, and and to be, you know, guided by a veteran like Travis is just outstanding. Yeah, um, I spent two weeks, two and a half weeks in America with Trav, and um, yeah, a lot of it was training, and we also got some downtime as well, which was great. It was great for me to experience at such a young age going over there and experiencing the things we did the training we did um like i think i'll go over next year again even if it's not with travis Trav, um not here anymore but yeah it's, it was great to go over there and um we did yeah i know we did a we did a whole week of training in denver which was which was awesome we had a um personal trainer there who was great and taught me a lot about my body and trav taught me a lot about the off-field stuff and how he prepares Interesting watching that over social media over summer because Christian Petrarca was there with the boys too. So that must be really good for Jason to get around Trav, but also for Christian to get around Trav and to actually have the, the learnings. Mm. At, at any, the thing he keeps repeating is at such a young age. Mm. Oh, he's a baby uh, in real terms. He, just his second season. I thought it was interesting. I saw some really good footage of some of the stuff they were doing and they yeah. changed his running style. Uh, so that uh, he didn't sort of extend his hamstring so much, which yeah. is going to uh, hopefully sort of help protect him from some of that soft tissue type injury. So quite specific, really high-end trainers, like invaluable. And and now, once again, in that mindset range, 
uh, he's already saying, oh, I'll be going back next year. So just think once again, that what a, a you know, uh, to get that exposure early in your career and say, you know what, when I finish my season, in, instead of having a mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to blow off a whole heap of steam and, you know, just let my hair down and do all the things that I'm, that I can't do. He's already got this mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to go over and do some elite training and how do I get better? And, um, you know, Travis Boat probably started doing that in the back half of his career and, and it's elongated his career. So to, for a young player to start that at 20 years of age, gee, gee whiz, that's uh, very, very helpful. I would have thought. And you know, something that we didn't do last year in 2023, we never said, here's Jason Horn Francis talking to the media. Mm. So the club's actually putting him up now to do this stuff. And he'd have to say, yes, he wants to do it. But that's really good to see him wanting to do that. Because I think any time that he was thrown into a, an interview post-game last year, he was asked about the booze. And that's a, mm. as simple as that. So you can see that 12 months uh, has definitely, as you said, given him um, that growth mindset. We are here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Our text line is 0427-154-166. Dracos says, welcome back. Uh, We also had another message saying, welcome back. And Chris says, is Kimbo and the Roach back on the air? Yes, they are. May not have heard much of them last night because I think someone pressed the wrong button in Victoria, which basically turned the power off. I think the power outage has affected SEN all around Australia last night. Wow. Well, they, like I said, uh, half a million people without power in Melbourne. Um, some six transmission towers just snapped. With they had some mini tornadoes or something that went through there. They've got bushfires going on, so there's a bit happening in Victoria today. So if you're dealing with anyone in Victoria, just cut them a little bit of slack perhaps, but uh, maybe that's what happened last night. But heard him, they were talking to Rory Laird early in the week. They have that uh, great relationship with Rory. He speaks to them each week and he's pretty bullish about how well the guys are training. We're going to talk to Matt Crouch this morning here on the show. So we'll find out about Adelaide midfield. I'm going to talk about that in the bit of a breakdown that I'm doing later. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. So um, 7 o'clock this morning, you're really going to drill down on Adelaide's midfield. I'm looking forward to hearing that. You've done a lot of preparation. Well, a little bit of preparation. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed Kimbo on the route, you can listen to the podcast. They caught up with Nick Haslam from Live Golf, which is very exciting. Coming back to Adelaide, Fisher is DJing again. Really? Yeah, and you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't believe this, Mark Bickley. So in 2019, yeah. I was lucky enough to be on the microphone for USA Basketball versus the Boomers. That's right. With a guy by the name of Christian Crosby. He's the MC for the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. No relation to Bill. Pardon? <laughs> Bill Cosby. If you don't say that, no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Christian. Oh, that's your worst. And you've had some bad ones. Yeah. Um, so Christian is the MC. And he messaged me and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming town. to Adelaide. Yeah. Do you want some tickets? So I said no. What? Well, if I go, I'll be taking other people. No, you won't. If you go, you'll be taking your partner in crime. My wife? No, no. Your partner in work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be very good. Wow. So, you uh, imagine you, me, and Christian and Fisher <laughs> hanging out with uh, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we need to straighten up a bit. We're going to come back, though, and talk about love because it's Valentine's Day and we're just easing our way into 2024. So, Bix, have a think about who you want to confess your love to in sport. Yes. Um, we want to take your nomination, 0427 154 on SENSA. 
Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Ten minutes to seven. Good morning. Thank you for listening. If you want to call us, we'd love to hear from you. one 736 736 We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley, on this wonderful Valentine's Day, we have just a wonderful array of guests who are going to join us after 7.30. Matt Crouch from the Crows, Asava Radigalia. We still have Quick Bix to play for the first time in 2024. Yep. It's a romantic edition of Quick Bix today. If you haven't heard that, I just challenge Mark Bickley and, well, you're actually really good at it. Well, I've, I don't know. I'm just, I like reading about sport and so I retain some of it, but you trip me up all the time. You bring music into it. You bring sort of popular culture, which I'm not great at, but anyway. I try to, um, but we thought because it is Valentine's day and what have you arranged for your wife, Tori today? Not a whole lot. I said to her, um, late last week, Valentine's day next week, what are you what would you like me to do? So you planted the seed early mm. to say, and she said, let's oh, not do anything. She said, oh, well, you know, not really. Not, not much. You know, leave it to you. Don't do anything too special. So I don't know. I might pick up a bunch of flowers. <laughs> no, you won't. It's <laughs> what it sounds like. Get her a card. Is that you got in early to try and gaslight her out of doing anything. <laughs> so you didn't have to. Gaslight anyone. Like, <laughs> well, tell me, what are you doing for the lovely Gabby? Uh, I'll probably prepare a wonderful dinner. Um, See, I could do that. I'll steal that idea. What would you do? What would you make? I'll make her favourite meal. Which is what? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's confess. You won't always be my endless love. Okay, so... I mean, some people really embrace Valentine's Day. We ought to look through the advertiser today. There used to be like all of these oh, love messages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I saw one in the classifieds and a lot in the death notices. So it's really <laughs> depressing well, to look at. You now got you can just tweet it or put it on any type of social media yeah. or text it to someone. You don't have to put it in the paper. Okay, so uh, what we thought we'd do is we would confess love to three. People, athletes, places, sporting moments. I might go 3.5 and say, Bix, I love you. <laughs> 3.5? Yeah. Just a half for me? You know, say it back? Well, no, you might be on my list. Okay. I might, I might give it away. Well, do you want to go first with your first love? Well, I, my first love is a really boring one, um, but it's the Adelaide Football Club is my first love, and it's it's mainly because I spent half my life there, really. Um playing, coaching and, and other bits and pieces. So, uh, and just got so many opportunities. And also like when you go through the, the sort of formative years of your life, you know, where you have children and you get married and all your friends, you know, you have all those every weekend, it seems like you, you're doing something with all that group of people. Well, that was, that was me sort of whilst we were playing footy. So yeah, great memories. And so, and then still sort of ongoing today with enormous sort of, sort of in awe of the players that play today and yeah, love what the club does. So Adelaide footy club is my number one. That's good. My number one is also predictable and it's LeBron James. And it's not just for what he has been able to consistently do on the basketball court at 39 years of age. 
and he's still the best player at the Los Angeles Lakers. So he's not hanging on to a career. He's still performing. Still winning games in double overtime. Yep. Um, I've always loved LeBron James because of the relationship that he has with his mother. And I have a really close relationship with my mother. I love that. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's one of the, the rare superstars that has got into off court trouble that we know about. So he's pretty clean in, in that regard. Oh, I thought you said he's one of the, players that has got into No, trouble. that hasn't. hasn't. Yeah, of course. Um, and what he's been able to do, especially with the, the charities, which mm-hmm. he's set up for young kids in Ohio, I, I really love that. So his legacy is going to live on. Mm-hmm. And that's that has nothing to do with what he's done with the basketball. That's just provided him opportunities to be able to do that. So that's my first love. Yep. Okay. My second one is a current AFL player. Oh, good. Yes. Marcus Bontempelli. Oh, yeah, okay. I love the Bont. And and similar to what you said around um, LeBron James, like there's not too many histrionics about him. He just keeps buttering up. Uh, He does it in every position on the ground. Uh, He's been the bridesmaid a couple of times at uh, the Brownlow Medal, including this year, but he just he's classy. Uh, Nothing ever seems too much trouble. So I just love the way... He goes about it. I just wonder as well. I was going to put down a pass player. I mm-hmm. love Bob Murphy as well. I think okay. Bob Murphy's a star. And as Marcus Bontempelli was a young player, he played under uh, Bob Murphy, who was the captain of the Bulldogs, you know, in Bont's early years. So I think maybe a little bit of Bob Murphy's rubbed off on Marcus Bontempelli. So Very I got, nice. I got two into one there. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. It's your loves, mate. My second love is Tasmania and the opportunity that football has in Tasmania. So it was great to go back there last week and go to Bell Reeve, which is Blunston Arena. It's the first time I've been back there as an adult. So I spent a lot of my childhood in Tasmania and was there as a kid. The beauty of Tasmania is nothing much has changed. So they have a brand new scoreboard on the hill at Blunston Arena. Yeah. But next to it is the old scoreboard which literally is too expensive to move and remove. So it's still up there and they just chuck a big Cadbury sign over it when the Hurricanes are playing. There's so much beauty in Tasmania. It gets me excited about the football team, which we hope is still going to happen. But they need that stadium. Blunston Arena is nice. But unless they are going to really put a lot of money in there and invest in making it a lot better. Yep. Um, the new stadium will do so much for that city. But they are so connected to their sports. Speaking to a lot of the the sports fans there, they love their cricket. They're educated. But when it comes to the teams they support, Hawthorne, North Melbourne. It's one or the other, basically, because they get to watch them play. So give them their own team. It's going to happen. It's exciting. Love Tasmania. I think we're only a week or two away from getting the name and the colours. Yeah, that's early March it's happening. Yeah. Okay. my third player is a retired player, a retired American player, uh, and it's Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Now, I wasn't a huge basketball fan. I remember Shaq playing, but it's more so for what he's what, what I found out about him after. You know, like, um, one, he looks like a knockabout fellow. I love his sort of commentary style and the way he has, has fun. But two, just a couple of things, the off-court stuff. So... While Michael Jordan was bringing out his shoes and they were, you know, really expensive with Nike, he he was doing a deal with Walmart 
and doing yep. his shoes in there and they were costing $40 so that the kid in the street could have a pair of shack shoes. And then there's all that vision when you see him go shopping and he sees a kid in there looking at a bike. He says, mate, go pick out a bike and where's your mum and tell her I'll buy it for you. Like I just love the guys that, that remain sort of grounded and understand that they are so privileged about sort of that sort of space they move in, but try and share that as much as they can. So I just love his humility, I reckon. That's good. My last one is Cooper Stadium. Hindmarsh. Cooper Stadium. There's no better venue in Australia to watch football. And I saw that Western United are celebrating that they've got their 13-seat stadium or something that they've created over there for don't, Western don't, United. Don't be facetious. Um, there are, there's no better place to watch football than Cooper Stadium. Even something as simple as the seats being red. You know you are there for an Adelaide United game. Um, Geez, you're easily pleased. The atmosphere. The red seats. The noise. Make, make you feel good. The only time you've been to Cooper Stadium is when I got you free tickets, no, no, mate. So there. you calm down. You just calm down, all right? Don't annoy the Red Army. <laughs> I'm not annoying them. I, I love it. I think it's a great uh, compact stadium. The, yep. the surface is amazing. We actually used to train there a little bit um, with the Adelaide Football Club when I was coaching. Outstanding uh, it's beautiful. deck. And you walk in there and it feels like home. Mm. So Cooper what, Stadium. What about, what about around the world? Like you would have been to some sort of football stadiums mm. around the world. You've been to the World Cup, for example. Have you been to any in other, any other countries? Uh, I've been to Stanford Bridge where Chelsea play. Mm -hmm. um, great football venue. But um, the, the thing about the venues over, especially in the Premier League, there's not many big screens. They just have a, an announcer over a speaker. That's so it. there's not, not much. No, it's, no but that's replace. an intimate kind of experience. Mm. And it, it probably alleviates the crowd getting upset with the VAR decision. <laughs> but um, we, I reckon we take for granted Cooper Stadium and what it has to offer. So um, what do you love? Let us know. 0427154166. Did you want to add in that you love me? Because you said it could have been party three. No? Just say it. No. Nah, nah. Just say it. Oh, no, Jared. I really like working with you. I'm you always be. quite ready to take that next step yet oh. and say the L word. Okay. Lacocious. <laughs> Loquacious. <laughs> we we're going to get Bix's breakdown next on the Adelaide Crows midfield. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Good morning to you at two minutes past seven. Happy Valentine's Day. We have been confessing our love to sporting heroes, past legends, current venues. Uh, we're looking for yours too. 0427 154 166. Mark Bickley, we did have a text coming through. Yeah, James from Woodville said, I can't believe you boys didn't mention the greatest stadium in the world, Adelaide Oval. It's my number one sporting love. It's interesting, James, because I, I don't know. I just had clubs and people before sort of inanimate objects. Mm. And um, I love Adelaide Oval. I was blessed because I played at South Adelaide and, and that was our home ground. So we used to play eight to 10 games a year um, when I was playing in the Sanford. Adelaide Oval was fabulous. Well, was there no Panther Park at that point? Well, there was Panther Park, but it was in Kenilworth. You didn't play any sort of Clovelly Park. You didn't play any... Uh, footy there and so our home game games were at Adelaide Oval oh 
Okay. So there you go. Um, James, thank you for sending that in. We will hook you up with a Signet Boost power bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. We are here thanks to Kubota. You can take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Shane from North Haven, my three loves, Scott Hodges, Port Magpies, and Alberton Oval. (laughs) That trifecta, I reckon, would be pretty solid sort of uh, north of... Port Road, I would have thought. It's very consistent. Let's go a little bit south of Port Road and southwest and head to Westlakes. Um, you were going to focus on the Adelaide Football Club. We're speaking to Matt Crouch a little bit later on, but um, I, I guess on the same theme of Matt Crouch, their midfield is what you wanted to break down this morning. Yeah, look, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. And, and basically on the back of last year, the emergence of Jordan Dawson as a genuine midfielder last season. And, and you've got Rory Laird and Matt Crouch and Rory Sloan who – Play and Matt Crouch was mainly later in the season, but they've been the mainstays of the Adelaide midfield for probably the last three or four years. Um, and what the Crows recognise is they've got to inject some speed and agility into that part of the ground. And last year we saw they used sparingly, I should add, Luke Pebbler, Josh Rochelle, Jake Saliga, a little bit of Harry Schomburg, and and very sparingly Isaac Rankin. Now. I think that um, they, they gave them a little taste of what AFL midfield looks like. And I think that's an endeavour that they've got to continue to do with. And when you look at the, been down and watched them train, those midfield groups do contain this group of players. So Rochelle and, and um, uh, Rankin in particular are doing plenty of work in the midfield. So what they have to bring in, they've got to bring that variation to that part of the ground. So players that have got speed, players that can carry the ball and players that can then burst away from stoppage. Uh, and that's what they 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 lack a little bit with the Dawson, Crouch, Laird variety. They're all a little bit same same, where they don't have that sort of uh, change of pace. So, all those players mentioned, Pedler, Rochelle, Rankin, etc. They all have the ability to 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 burst away. They've got a bit of sideways movement. Uh, they've also got some speed. So, they've been working hard in the preseason. But how do you make that happen? Because at the moment, Dawson Laird and Crouch late last year just were playing about 85% midfield time. So if you're going to inject those other four players, you actually have to take players out to insert players in. Now, Dawson, we know, can play back. We even saw him go forward. He can catch the ball. So I don't think that's a problem. Rory Laird, we know, can play as a defender. They've been very hesitant to do that. But I wonder whether they start to introduce moments where he moves out of the midfield and plays in a different position so you can introduce some of those younger players and, and get some more midfield time into them. And this is where Matt Croucher becomes a little bit more difficult. He doesn't really have a secondary position where he can play half forward or wing or half back. So that does sort of limit his options. So um, I'm just not sure whether that uh, ends up hurting him at any stage. But speed, and I, I read some articles yesterday from some pundits who have been watching a lot of the, the AFL preseason. And speed is what everyone's talking about, both speed of ball movement, but also speed in players and leg speed. So I think Adelaide are are really keen to sort of introduce that. So I think Rochelle, Rankin, Pedler, Saligo have to become permanent fixtures. We've got to see at least one in there all the time, making Adelaide's midfield more dynamic and giving opposition sides more to deal with. So that's, that's what I'm pretty sure they're planning for, but it's one thing to plan it, but it's another thing to consistently do it. And there'll be times when, 
you want to have all your experienced players in there, but you've still got to keep exposing those young guys. Now, that's not even including Harry Schomburg, who we know uh, snapped his Achilles late last yeah. year. So he's on, he's running at least, Harry, but he's another. So would he be mid-season? You'd look at even getting him close for selection? Yeah, probably the back half of the year, but he's, an, he's a player that does have that burst of speed away from stoppage. So they w- he's played 50 games now, so he has been introduced. So that's been unfortunate that he's injured. Uh, Sam Berry, Billy Dowling, Zach Taylor, Charlie Edwards this year is a bigger bodied mid who uh, has been impressing people. So they've actually got a fair bit of midfield depth now, Adelaide. It's really about being uh, disciplined enough to try and move more numbers through there rather than just go with the, the tried and tested. So can I ask you a question about a word that you use that other clubs are focusing on and a preseason focusing on? And that is speed. Mm. I wouldn't say that. Rory Laird and Matt Crouch fit the category of speed. Mm, Dawson. So does that mean that they are guarantees to be selected for round one? I mean, we're speaking to Matt Crouch and it's worth asking him that question because if they're focusing on speed, that's not him. No, I said around the AFL, speed is becoming a valuable commodity. It it absolutely is. And you look at the teams that, uh, the team that made the grand final last year, if you look at Brisbane and Collingwood, they certainly had speed in their midfield. Mm. And I think what it means is, like Matt Crouch is elite in other areas uh, and Rory Laird's elite in other areas. And, and but what you don't want is, uh, and this is, and this is always going to be a bugbear of, of people who are saying, how does Matt Crouch and Rory Laird coexist? Now they've done it in the last four or five games. Yes. And they've played against good teams. Um, and they, and I honestly believe they can, but there's got to be variation. You can't just say they're going to, those two players are going to, play 90% of the game in the midfield because you just need more variation. It also had to work last year, didn't it? Because Matt Crouch played so well that he was impossible to drop when Rory Laird was ready to come back mm. in. Yeah, but and and but that's they're both elite players. They're both all Australian midfielders, which is that's the cherry on the top of the of the ice cream, really. But but what you have to be able to do is I, I feel like you need variation. And yet you have to be able to, you know, and I, and Port Adelaide, when they're on that streak, their midfield, like Butters is different to Rosie, who's different to Horn Francis, but they all have weapons where they can burst out. And that's why I think Port Adelaide erred. I think whilst those guys all had the ability to run, uh, you still need some grunt players. And I just couldn't understand why Wines wasn't in there a bit more or why the other players weren't in there a bit more. Because, you know, in that last game, against the Giants. It was the midfield that got carved up. It wasn't the defenders. They just couldn't get their hands on the footy. And that's one thing that Laird and Crouch can do. They win the footy, but then it's how you move it away from stoppage that's important. So you need to have those peripheral players who can dodge and weave and dance and and burst out to actually to break the game open. Now, I feel like Adelaide have got some star players that win it. Now just a little bit more... uh, I guess some more dynamic players to be able to, to use the ball better. Is Bix accurate with his breakdown on the Crows midfield? Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We're here thanks to Tire Power Save big time on Falcon All Terrain Tires. It's eleven past seven. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 16 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We are here alongside Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, 
and Land Pride Attachments. We're speaking to Matt Crouch from the Crows at 7.35 this morning and shortly after that, Asava Radagalia from the Power Bix before the sports update. And Gary Lyon, our very own Gary Lyon, has had a bit to say about Port Adelaide. Mm. We'll play that for you in a moment. A few texts on 0427154166. Yes, some of our regulars. Daniel uh, has sent a text in saying, Welcome back, legends. I missed yesterday's show because I was using my one night at the Hotel Grand Chancellor that I won last year. That's good. Bixam, while she back, means footy is just around the corner. You are spot on, Daniel, and thank you for getting back involved. And um, and Brett says, uh, for, uh, happy Valentine's Day to myself. I love being single and free. And uh, who else he loves? He says, Asava Radigalia and the sweet and soldo ruck combination. Go power 2024. Mm. There you go. So some uh, Single and free. Single and free. Asava Radigalia and the sweet and soldo. Sounds like a dish you get at a Chinese restaurant, doesn't it? Does it? <laughs> it does a little Sweet bit. Sweet and sour pork. I tell you what. Sweet I, and soldo. I would love, like we love the Hotel Grand Chancellor, but after school holidays and stuff, I mean, just a night in a hotel by myself. <laughs> well, do it, mate. I can't, I can't just do that, mate. Why not? Because I don't run the show like you do. You just walk around and you go, oh, Mark Bickley, I can do whatever I no, want. No. I've got the keys and the sword to Port Pirie. <laughs> you can do whatever you the want. Sword. I should have put Port Pirie, the Memorial Oval at Port Pirie is one of my last. Why didn't you do that? Uh, it's been renovated. It wasn't. It's not the same oval that I played on now. It's been done up. So You got a statue? No. That's in the works. That's <laughs> not. Mark Rusciuto's got a statue in um, the Riverland. And I went to see it. I was driving up there one day and I thought this would be great. You know, and having been to the MCG and seen Warney and yep. all the greats there. Unfortunately, I'm not sure whether it was cost prohibitive and expensive <laughs> brass or whatever you make a statue at. It's a bit smaller than, than what I was expecting. <laughs> that will get back. It's a, it's a mini size, Rue. It's a little Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should laugh. He's a star. There's some news from Port Adelaide uh, featuring Todd Marshall, which would excite the fans, Mark Bickley. Yeah, saying that uh, Port Adelaide will lock away uh, gun-free agent Todd Marshall to a new long-term deal. The key forward poised to sign a five-year contract with the club. Cal Toomey, who never misses from AFL.com.au, is reporting the new deal will take Marshall through to the end of 2029 with the power. So you think about that, um, you know, they've got Horn Francis, now they've got Marshall. And they're just preparing for life after Charlie, aren't they, really? Yeah, and and they have been for a little while. And Connor Rosie, um, committed long-term, new captain, they're locking away all their guns. Miles Bergman, who was probably last year the one that had a bit of a question mark over him, Mm -hmm. and then... He recommitted, so that's good. Yeah, the big one will be, this is just from memory, did Zach Butters sign to when he becomes a free agent? Is he? I think so. Yeah. We can we can check that, though. Let's have a listen to what Gary Lyon had to say about Port Adelaide and why they're under pressure. Well, I'm still, I haven't quite come to grips with the fact that they said we won't make a decision on the coach until August. So I think that's a... F- so how's that going to impact this year? Well, you know what? When they were making those noises, they were flying. They mm. made the decision on the coach in August, and then they've lost six of their last nine games, including straight sets out in finals. What do you reckon? Uh, look, that's just a bit of noise. Like, Ken's heard it all before. You can you can make all those arguments about any team. You can take 
Gary's team. You can say, well, what's going on with Melbourne? You know, out in straight sets the last two years. That's last year. It's it's ancient history. You move on. You try and take something out of it. You And I think the thing that Port Adelaide took out of last year was they were banged up towards the end of the year. Um, and so, and, and what they've gone out and done, and, and particularly in the ruck, Scott Lysette was, in, and they were, they were hamstrung in that regard. So now they've got a couple of key ruckmen. They were they were banged up in defence. They were had a makeshift defence. They went out and got two defenders. So right now, I, I think their depth spread is as good as it's been for you know what I can remember. And so they they're in a really strong position to challenge again. All right, let's hear what Ken Hinckley had to say in regards to the Powers' offensive game plan. I think we're probably pretty close to the way the game's being successful at the moment with the way we play. We play an aggressive brand of football in, in probably all phases. We, we, we like to get after the ball with the ball in hand. We like to go a bit, bit quick. And, you know, when we certainly try to get the ball back, we, we want to put our pressure on the game instantly if we possibly can. So, and I think when we do that, people recognise our brand. I think it stands up pretty well, you know, against the best teams in the comp. Um, you know, and I think that the competition, to me, is still exploring more offence again. I think that's the way it feels. And I will speak to Asava Radagalia before 8 o'clock this morning. 0427-154-166. Alex from Glam Nutrition Club mm. in Grange there. Did you want to read that? Yeah, it says, uh, great having you guys back on air. Mornings just feel better again. And it was awesome that you, Jared, took time in your break to come into the club, which is the uh, the Glam Nutrition Club, with the family. Obviously, Bix was so busy. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, looking forward to a great year, boys. Um, Alex, this is interesting because I was down and drove past the Glam <laughs> Nutrition Club on Monday. And? And I had some time free. And? and I went to drop in. But it was before 9am and you were closed. So, so I, it's Alex's fault no, that no, you didn't no, go in over no, summer. it's nobody's fault. But I was just saying that I was going to come in and say hello as as close as two days ago. So I'll have to do it again because I'm now sp- spending a little bit more time down that way. I'll be able to say hello to Alex. I just don't believe you. You don't, How would I know that it wasn't open on Monday? You had all summer to pop in. I know. I'm just saying. I did, but I did think about doing it on Monday and drove past. Made a special effort. <laughs> so Alex, Alex, you have, you have I, the right I, of reply. I, I will come come and say hello. I promise. Zero four two seven one five four one double six on SENSA. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 28 minutes past seven. We're here thanks to tyre power and Lumo Energy. Uh, energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Bix, I have some wonderful breaking news for you, which is really sparking rumours across South Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Valentine's Day. We're confessing love <laughs> to uh, athletes, to venues, so basically anything, if you want to yeah, send a message sporting. of love, 0427-154-166. So Pearl Jam, they are right in your wheelhouse, right? Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, mm. they have announced an Australian tour um, in 2024. So their last performance in Australia was at the final Big Day Out Festival in 2014. They are embarking on a journey spanning nine countries and 25 cities, beginning in Vancouver. Now, the Australian leg of the tour 
is in November. Yep. So Gold Coast on November 13, Melbourne on November 16, Sydney on November 21st. The rumours are, because they haven't announced an Adelaide date. The Velo. That's the rumour. So they've announced the Australian tour now with no Adelaide date set. But watch this space because it could be Pearl Jam at the Velo Adelaide 500. Not a bad follow-up to Robbie Williams. It's very good. Different kind of crowd. Different crowd. But very good. It's very uh, uh, supercars crowd. Very supercars crowd. I know what you're saying there. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> uh, Matt Crouch is joining us next. Quick picks not too far away. It is SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Seven minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We've had a big show so far. Mark Bickley confessing love on this Valentine's Day because you are a massive romantic. And yes. the first love that you confessed was your love for the Adelaide Football Club, mm-hmm. the uh, only premiership captain during the day. I mean, you, you were part of the premiership team at night. You weren't part of the <laughs> AFLX team at Hindmarsh Stadium. Cole Cheney skippered that team. Big Fetter did that yep. very well. So that's uh, being paraded at Westlakes <laughs> as we speak. There's a player who also loves the Adelaide Crows because he recommitted to him at the back end of last year. And we speak of Matt Crouch. Good morning to you. Happy New Year. Footy very close, Matt. Morning, boys. Yeah, it is. It's uh, coming around uh, nice and quick now. So... Um, so hopefully pre-season can be put behind us pretty soon and we can get stuck into the game. Well, let's start with the Valentine's Day. You're newly married, aren't you? Like, are you, are you still in that sort of phase where you're going out of your way to do something special for your partner? <laughs> I'm engaged, Mitch, but not married oh, okay, uh, yeah. just yet. Well, even, <laughs> I mean, it's even more important for you today. You've got to get this right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might... Uh, Get some flowers on the way home or something like that. Do the right thing. Okay, yes, do that. Hey, um, this preseason, I remember um, hearing Darren Burgess talk about it being much shorter than other years. You, you know, you've pretty much broken the back of it now. How have you fared? Have you have you handled it okay? And has uh, most of the boys sort of lapped it all up? Yeah, it's been really solid. Um, as you said, it's been a bit shorter than, than previous years. So uh, the intensity's been pretty high and um, we've tried to get as much work in as we can um, in the in the shorter pre-season, but um, yeah, some of the boys are, are looking really good. We're we're training at a high intensity, and um, yeah, I feel like we're in we're in good nick and ready to to attack the season now. We're having a big discussion earlier in the show about the Adelaide midfield, and and now you've got greater depth. And I know that uh, Josh Rochelle and and others have been training in that midfield group. Do you feel that it's um, it is does bat a bit deeper and that you more, might run some more players through there this year? Yeah, I think so. I think um, this pre-season there's been a lot of guys that have, that have trained throughout the midfield and um, you spoke about Josh Rochelle and I think Isaac Rankin's done a bit of centre-bounce work as well. I think you'll probably see a fair bit of them guys in there as well. So, um, And other guys, Jake Saligo, who had a, had a great year as well last year and has developed really nicely. So I think you'll see a few of them guys uh, go through the midfield this year. Luke Pedler as well, he, he's got some sort of power about him. Yeah, he's similar to, to sort of Ranks and, and Rash as well. He's got real power and um, he can be, he can, them sort of players are really good in, in a centre bounce. They can come out the front and be penetrating. So hopefully we see him through there as well. 
Matt, before we talk about what you're excited about in 2024, the end of 2023 was outstanding for you personally. I know there are a lot of disappointed fans in the Sandford that they didn't get you to see. Uh, they didn't get to see you play deep into the finals. But um, how do you reflect on last year and the learnings that you've taken to then look forward to this year? Yeah, it was um, it was obviously great to finish the to the season uh, playing the AFL team, and that's always the, the goal to be in that team and playing well. So um, yeah, it was at times it was a bit of a long year uh, waiting for my opportunity, but when it came, I felt like I uh, I took it, and um, hopefully I can continue that form um, into the early parts of this this season. Does that give you a lot more confidence? Because there was a fair bit of unknown, um, especially when you were playing such good football to the back end of the year when Rory Laird was going to make his way back in and Bix and I were talking about it and you were impossible to move back into the Sandful because of the form you were in. So does that give you a lot more confidence knowing that you can play your role on your day? Yeah, it does, absolutely. Um, yeah, I felt like when, when me and Laird, sort of um, played played the midfield together, we, we played some really good footy and, um, and we mixed quite well. That was probably the one thing that uh, there was question marks over. So um, hopefully, as we spoke about with some of the guys in Rash and, and Peddler and um, ranks that come through, it can help us out um, through the midfield this year and, and, and make that balance a, a good balance in there. Did much need to change at the Adelaide Footy Club in terms of, you know, you got close to a lot of those really good sides last year, uh, weren't far outside of the eight. Do you have to change much? Is the game changing much? What have you tweaked over the preseason? Yeah, we've spoken a little bit, um, mostly about our defence. We feel like that's the area that we can, can really improve in. Um, we felt like our, our attack and offence last year is pretty strong. We've got a really good uh, forward line that can score um, when we get in there. So I think our, our defence is something that we, we've really worked on and um, hopefully you can see that in the pre-season when we, when we start playing, that we've improved in that area. And I think that's probably the, the next step that we can go with. I guess the depth is going to be tested a little bit early on, particularly it looks like uh, Jordan Butts is on the sidelines at the moment, Wayne Miller uh, on the sidelines, you've got Nick Murray on the sidelines. So maybe some opportunities for uh, some people to, to get a chance to play in defence. Yeah, unfortunately them boys had a, some little setbacks, but hopefully they, they won't be too far away. But, yeah, it's, good, it's going to be good for some of the guys. Uh, I think you're saying last year Josh Wall played um, some some really good footy in, in the AFL team. Mark came late in the year, played, mm. played some good footy as well. So um, hopefully them guys can, can get their chance and, and perform well. Have you had a look at Rory Sloan, if he's started to model the new goggles yet or he hasn't purchased the hardware at this stage? <laughs> I don't think he's, uh, he's got them yet, but um, I think he, he'll have a crack at, uh, at some sort of goggles. But um, hopefully, yeah, he obviously ran yesterday, Sloan, and um, I think he's been been sitting at home pretty bored, so it's, it's good to see him up and going again. Now, every year the Super Bowl rolls around. Every year they talk about Taylor Walker could be a punter. He's on the back page of the, the paper today. Has he got a bit of a strut about him? Does he does he truly believe that he could uh, kick a ball in the US one day? <laughs> oh, you asked him, he'd probably say, say he could be, you know, pretty well. Kid on his left, um, probably. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's an interesting one. You don't see Tex kick many talk. I think Brody Smith can unleash big talks every now and then. So I reckon he'd be probably pretty good at it as well. And uh, game this Friday, you're uh, heading to Port Lincoln as part of the community camp. It's always good to get out to the regions. It's great to start playing. What's your sort of feelings around internal trials? We, we discussed this yesterday, how it's, uh, particularly for some of the more experienced players, it, it can be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a difficult one. How do you approach it? 
Yeah, I'm looking, really looking forward to getting down to Port Lincoln. I feel like um, getting amongst the community is going to be great and we'll see a lot of fans there. So really looking forward to, to getting over there and, and playing some footy there. Um, internal trials, yeah, it's uh, it's always like playing against your teammates and stuff like that's always a bit of a challenge. But um, I feel like with this short pre-season, it's going to be pretty pretty crucial for us to have a good hit out. Um, we've only got two more uh, pre-season games after this, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure we're going to be um, going pretty hard on, on Friday and it'll be a good hit out for the guys. 31 days until the 16th of March, the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Matt, congratulations on an outstanding back end of 23. Uh, well done on the contract extension and all the best moving into this year. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt Thanks, Crouch, Matt. our guest from the Adelaide Crows. Speaking of the Gold Coast Suns, there's a fair bit of unknown bits about their opponent, Adelaide, in Gold Coast. This is Noah Anderson talking about Damien Hardwick's impact. Um, yeah, he just changed a bit of the layout of the club, um, created a lot more open space for us to just connect with each other in between meetings, in between training. Um, just got kind of the layout that he wanted, so... Yeah, he's made a fair few changes around the club and the way we're going about things, and I think the boys are really refreshed um, coming into this pre-season. When you use the word connection and connectivity, it has a very Richmond feel about it. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, just the things like layout and space, you know, downtime and where players can relax together as opposed to if there's lots of little sort of pigeonholes or, you know, blokes tend to sort of find a little nook and sit there on their phone and be sort of quite insular. So it, it's little things like that that can just change and, and help um, playing groups sort of connect better as Hardwick has been very experienced at. And it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because the Gold Coast play Richmond um, in round zero. Is that right? Yes. It could be Richmond playing Richmond. Gary and Tim asked Noah Anderson if they're just basically going to copy Richmond's game plan. Is it the Richmond game plan? Do you feel like you're playing the Richmond game plan? Uh, a little bit. Um, you can say that because well, it's think... been successful. I mean, um, the Giants played the Richmond game plan last yeah, year once yeah. they learned it. Yeah, obviously, like success leaves clues. So um, Dim has brought what he what has worked in his previous job, and I'm sure he's tinkered it a little bit to suit our our playing list and our strengths. So. But, yeah, there's definitely aspects where you go, oh, when I was playing. Uh, <laughs> That's I remember playing doing. against that. And, um, but it works, so I like that. To, to Su- success leaves clues. Mm. I've never heard that before. But you've also, you know, hard to replicate Dustin Martin. Mm. And, you know, Richmond don't have a um, pick a player, a Noah Anderson. And so, you know, like, like Noah was saying, there's, there's, there's some fundamentals and there's a framework, but you're still trying to maximise – Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe, Took Miller, um, and you know maybe the Gold Coast don't have Tom Lynch. You know, like so you've got to tweak things to to fit your your strengths and weaknesses. Could you could you call it a danger game being the first game of the season? I mean, really, because you don't know what Gold Coast is going to turn up because they could be a team which is getting familiar with the game plan. So then it gets to halfway through the season and um, they haven't got it yet. Well, the Giants were that. They yep. were three and seven at the halfway mark and. Missed out in the granny They could have nailed the game plan and they spanked the Crows or it could be the Gold Coast Suns that we know that start the season really well and fade away. Yeah, who knows? But one one thing I do know is that they will improve. You just feel like there's always been just a belief problem and that's the one thing. And, And the only reason I say this is we at the Adelaide Football Club lived it up until Malcolm Blight arriving. When Malcolm arrived, he had this unshakable belief about this is what 
successful football looks like mm. and I know how to coach it and this is what this is how it's going to be and you can either get with the program or nick off and so when you get those uh, coaches that have that belief and and I think that Damien Hardwick has that belief then players buy into that they they get this sense of yep we're all in and and I think they've lacked that a little bit with the revolving door of coaches that have been at the Gold Coast Suns. We are going to be joined by a new recruit from the Port Adelaide Football Club, Sava Radigalia, next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Ten minutes to eight. Good morning to you. Going for a top of 25 degrees today. Our text line 0427 one five four one double six. Uh, Bix, before we head to Alberton and chat with Sava Radigalia, we did have a text coming through. Yeah, this one is from Troy at Holden Hill. It says, uh, "Good morning, Jared and Bix. I'm getting married to my beautiful partner Jane in forty days. I'm thinking about wearing the prison bar Guernseys as a uh, Guernsey, I should say, as we are Mad Power supporters. Look forward to seeing and talking to you soon, Walshy, on the boundary line. So, that is a pretty keen supporter wearing the." Uh, the power prison bar Guernsey for his wedding. It's ambitious. Yeah. It's, um, it's different, but that's okay. You're into what you're into. No, like it's a great Guernsey. Well, if his wife doesn't mind, she's a power supporter as well. Why not? That's exactly right. Someone who will be wearing it this year when Port Adelaide get the opportunity to do that in the showdown is their new recruit. It's been two years in the making. And finally, we can welcome Port Adelaide player Asava Radigalia to SENSA Breakfast. I asked you this at the Fan Day on Saturday, Sav. I'm sure it's a relief to say, finally, you're a player for Port Adelaide. Morning, guys. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, mate, it is a it is a relief after after two years. Um, mate, it's 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 nice to uh, finally be here, and uh, preseason's been going well with the boys, so I'm, I'm settling in nicely. Now, um, Asava, congratulations, of course, being able to make the move, and hopefully, it's a really good one for you. What have, what have been the major differences you've noticed between Geelong, where you spent uh, the past six years, and and now another great club in Port Adelaide? Yeah, um, mate, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of differences here at the moment. Firstly, is that they're a lot younger here and there's a little bit more energy going around to, to the club, um, which is which is really nice. Um, but mate, it's it's uh, the training block that we've had. It's been it's been really nice to see our, our midfield going at it. We've got a lot of really good young players coming through and a lot of players hitting their prime too. So um, that was something that I was super excited for and was a was another big reason why I wanted to come over. Tell us about the transition to becoming a defender because predominantly for the first part of your career, you were seen as a, a, a forward come ruckman. How did you make the move to defence? And is that something that's really exciting you, hoping to be able to settle in one spot and, and really make a big go of it? Yeah, I, there were, I, I felt like I was sort of stuck in a bit of a hole um, being that forward ruck position. And then um, I sort of... I had to make a decision when, when Jeremy Cameron moved to the club when I was at the Cats. Um, I sort of, I couldn't see myself in, in that position or fitting inside the team. So um, I, I had to make a change and I thought I'd give the back line a go. Um, I had a coffee with Cam Guthrie actually randomly and he sort of popped the idea up um, and, he, and he gave the idea that I should probably give it a go. So... Um, I had to go in the VFL and sort of never looked back really. And I feel, I feel really comfortable back there. And Port Adelaide, uh, 
have specifically targeted you over the past couple of seasons on a needs basis where you can have that fantastic combination with Alir Alir. Is, is that something that attracted you over to Albert and knowing where Port Adelaide the club is in regards to their premiership window, but also you would be a player that would be one of the first selected because the club needs you? Yeah, of course. I, I, I felt like there was a bit more opportunity out here for me. Um, that's probably what I struggled with at the Cats. Uh, I was behind a couple of plays over there, and um, and yeah, there was of, of course there was a, a bit of a gap there here at Adelaide, and Ken was in my ear about that as well. So, um, mate, there was it was a good opportunity for me, and I felt like if I needed to take my footy to another level, I'd, I'd have to make the move here. And um, mate, it's, it's been good this pre-season training with these boys, and I'm starting to feel like I fit in a little bit here, and um, we're gelling together. Well, you'd, you'd be pumped. Your timing's fantastic. Uh, the Port Adelaide Footy Club's been a construction site for the last 18 months. You've arrived and they've opened a brand new facility. That must be great. <laughs> mate, it's, it's bloody good. It's it's uh, These facilities are beautiful, mate. When I rocked up to the Cats, they, they just finished building their new clubs <laughs> and their club rooms. And then I've ro- I rolled in here and um, all this is just done up nicely. So, um, mate, the facilities here are unreal. Um, we've got the new gym and we've got the basketball courts here and everything and um, mate, the boys the boys enjoy it here and I think a few of the boys are spending a bit bit longer than they should here too because of the, the amount of room and the amount of places we can just hang out here too so we're, uh, we're very fortunate. Um, am I right Asava in saying you played a bit of junior footy with uh, with Todd Marshall at the Bush Rangers? Yeah I did we, we played in the same league in country Victoria, the, the Murray League um, he played for Denny I played for Cobham. So we sort of were coming up against each other from a young age and then um, sort of transitioned into the Murray Bush Rangers and spent a couple of years there together. Um, yeah, he's, he's a good mate of mine and he was actually another reason why I wanted to make the move over here as well. I'm a good friend with Peter McIntyre, who was one of the original Crows players, and he did a bit of coaching with you. He's a, he's a huge rap for both you and Todd. Can you remember working with Peter at the Bush Rangers? I do, mate. I do. He's... he's uh, He's, he's someone that I, I work closely with um, coming through and mate, he, he helped me along the way a lot and I owe a lot to that both. But um, yeah, one, one of my favourite coaches going through, me um, me and Todd were always um, seeing him for vision and, and going through all those things and he always had a lot of time for us. So um, yeah, he's, he's a big part of why I'm here at the moment, I reckon. Just before we let you go, Asava, without giving away your specific house details, what area are you living in? Are you over here by yourself or did you bring family over with you and how are you finding the Adelaide experience? It's a lot warmer than Geelong. Mate, it is nice. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's a lot warmer, which has been really good. Um, I'm in West Lakes at the moment um, and I'm close to the beach, which is nice as well. So I'm not too far from training. Um, so I'm um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at, and um, mate, Adelaide's perfect for me. Nice and slow, not too hard to get around. I can't deal with the uh, busyness of the city in in, in Melbourne, so uh, mate, it's been, it's been perfect for me. Are you doing anything special for Valentine's Day? <laughs> no, mate, no, on my own. I'm I'm single <laughs> as they come, so. <laughs> Single, ready to mingle. <laughs> hey, Asaba, yeah. um, thanks so much for, for having a chat with us. Um, I think every Port fan's excited that you've arrived at the club. You, you, as Jared said, you're exactly what Port Adelaide need in terms of the style of player and the position you play, and we, we wish you all the best. 
Cheers, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Sav Radigalia joining us there from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, Bix, we have a little bit of time before the 8 o'clock news, mm. and we premiered this this morning. I wanted to bring it up again. It's a new little thing that we've got, and it's called Am I Overreacting? You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Short blew up. It was clearly in. So Quite fitting, Taylor Swift is on the front page of the advertiser today. Well, a cardboard cutout. I have another one I have to ask you because I feel ever since I turned 40, which was just over a week ago, yeah. um, I'm starting to question a lot of things. Okay, what are you questioning? I want to now? take you back to the SCG when Australia defeated Pakistan and prior to winning that test match to farewell David Warner's career, he was dismissed. He didn't get to his 100. He was chasing it down and then was dismissed. He looked really disappointed. He walked off towards the members and the ladies stand and he looked to his right-hand side, took off his gloves and his helmet and handed them over to a kid, which I thought was such an incredible moment to see Mm -hmm. the look on the kid's face. Mm -hmm. Mark Bickley, am I overreacting when I say this? Kids who go to football stadiums, soccer venues, cricket matches, holding up signs saying... Mitch Marsh, can I have your gloves? <laughs> Connor Rosie, can I have your boots? Jason Berendorf, can I have your baggy green if you ever get one? <laughs> they deserve to not get the stuff. Am I overreacting when I say this infuriates me when I say mm. kids now that are normally directed by their parents yep. to hold up a sign saying, give me stuff, so the parents can either chuck it on eBay or just get something. Mm, no, I agree. I agree totally with you. It's uh, it's very presumptuous, isn't it? Give yes. Me, give me something. Um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, and I'm I'm a bit like you. I like the the, the spontaneous yep. interactions where you know someone goes over and talks to a little kid, and and if he is really polite and gracious, and and you decide at that time, you know, you've taken your boots off and you say, here, you know, have these because you know you're going to chuck them out or they're you know, the, you're going to change your bat or your glove or whatever sport you're playing. It should be a spontaneous thing, not people demanding it. Because before you know it, there'll be 15 kids with, can I have I know. this? I saw something at the end of the Brisbane test where the West Indies had just defeated Australia for the first time in Australia since 1997. Steve Smith pretty much carried the bat through the whole way. Mm. Um, he had a bag of... His gloves. He, he I would have seen about fifteen pairs. Well, he goes through that. I've read about this. He nine or ten pairs and in innings. Yes, every, every ten or fifteen minutes, he's changing his gloves. Yeah, no kids holding signs. He walked up to the race and just started handing his gloves out to everyone. And I mm. thought that was really nice. No signs because if there was a sign, kick the kid out. Mm. See you later. Well, it's interesting because this is a slightly different level. But what about during the World Cup? This is in uh, mm. the, the world game. You were over in, where was it? Qatar? Yep. There was, you know, like every team that played Messi, there was almost a lineup. Oh, swap my Guernsey with, is that, is that a similar thing? Like wanting the to swap your Guernseys with? No, that's play? okay. Because you played against the person and it's a sign of respect. Is it? Yeah. What if all 10 people want his Guernsey? Had it like? Absolutely they would. Mm. That's why they have a raffle in the team. Well, sh- no, but shouldn't the guy who played on him, do the swap, not some other random bloke who was at the other end of the pitch. 
Maybe, but I tell you what, if I was the third choice keeper sitting on the bench for Australia, I would be straight to Messi. <laughs> anyway, it's not an overreaction. <laughs> Quick pick straight after this. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Three minutes past eight. Going for a top of 25 degrees today. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, our nominations for the good stuff. In about 15 minutes, you can get to the good stuff. 13, 27, 27. And now on socials, on our Twitter or X account and Instagram, you can have a look at Mark Bickley and my love dedications today on this Valentine's Day. Bix, have you decided that you love me yet? No, no. You're a, you're a high on my li- list of... Uh... Adorations. Thank you. Uh, a few texts coming in zero four two seven one five four one double six. Um, after we uh, have introduced something called uh, "Am I overreacting?" which I feel is going to get a, a good run this year. Um, a few texts coming in. <laughs> one says, "Hey, Walsh, you can I have your microphone?" People ask that at Adelaide Oval. Can no. I talk into the microphone? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll just turn it on for you, and we'll just see what happens. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, I'm not sure what this means. Josh from Aldenga Beach. Yeah, Walshy. How about kids asking players and MCs for their phone number? Well, this was at the basketball a couple of weeks ago, the Adelaide 36ers, and one of the young fans came up and said, hey, Jared, remember me? I'm like, yeah. He said, oh, cool. Can I have your phone number? I went, no. Nah. <laughs> That's a bit weird. Yeah, it was a bit strange, but, you know, this is what, what happens. What about young ladies, you know, of, you know, of sort of older variety? Do they sort of ask for your phone number on, on the sidelines? No. 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 no okay. You? No. No. <laughs> How about we give out your number on air and see what happens? <laughs> I mean, it got really weird really quickly. Yeah, so let's do this. Meep, meep. Kind of don't really need to exchange a number anymore either. They can just follow your social media. Yeah, and you've got two accounts. You've got two Twitter Twice. accounts. You've got a burner no. where you troll everyone. No, something happened and one account locked me out. Yeah. And so I had to start a new account. I was, I was, I was, it's a killer because I had, you know, a few thousand followers. Did then, you? Yeah. Let me have a look. Yeah, go type away. What, what was your old account I got called? no idea. This okay, was, so this is M Bickley yeah. 26. Yeah, this was when it first started and I was coaching at the Adelaide Footy Club. So it's 2010 or 11 or something like that. Yeah, you've got a photo of a cat on a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Mount Lofty, here we come. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is, what year is that? This is back in 2014. 14, okay. Um, Not quite 20. There's a photo of you here. Look at this. Yeah. Mark Bickley, I like to lead. That was off the front cover of a magazine back in the day. Someone posted that. Anyway. You're trolling Phil Davis on your burner Twitter account? So it's not a burner if it's my name on top of it. I, I literally was locked out of it. So that's my old one. Now I have a new one that's it's equally as boring. Um, View but, from the deck of my brother's house, Spencer Golf. That's very nice. Mm. See, this is wonderful, mate. Yeah. Adelaide Central Market. Okay, come on. Get on with the Sorry, show. Sorry. Okay, we'll get into Quick Bix. This is amazing. We need to get that magazine as well. Okay, so um, this is Quick Bix. Explain it to everyone if they haven't heard it before. Okay, so basically you choose a theme normally. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the theme might be today, but uh, you asked me six questions, 10 seconds to answer. Five uh, questions. Five, is it? Yeah. And I, It's been a while. <laughs> it's been, I added one in. And I get one extension if, if, 
I, I need extra thinking time. Okay, here we go. Let's get into it very quickly. Your 10-second counter sounds like this. All right, question one. Kevin Love has played for three NBA teams. It's the Valentine's edition. Kevin Love, name two of them. Um, So the Timberwolves and... I need to guess one more. Uh, He won a championship with one? The Spurs. Incorrect. He played for the Timberwolves, the Cavs, and currently at the Miami Heat. Oh, so close. Which major championship has Fred Couples? Because it's Valentine's Day. (laughs) Fred Couples won A, the Masters, B, PGA Championship, C, US Open, or D, the British Open? I reckon it was the Masters. The Masters is correct. Yes. 1992, he came second in the PGA Championship in 1990. Question three, which famous movie is the character Buddy Love from? Um, it's an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. Oh, the, you know it? Yeah, I do. What is it? The Nutty Professor. The Nutty Professor is correct. He played all those different characters. Thanks. Isn't um, that where, where uh, Buddy Franklin gets his nickname? Question four. Brandon Flowers, because it's Valentine's Day, <laughs> yeah. is the lead singer of which band? You haven't used your extension yet. I don't need it for this one. One of my favourite bands. Jack Revolt would know the answer to this one. Oh, it's triggering. Okay, what's the answer? It's the Killers. Correct. Question five in the Valentine's Day edition of Quick Bix. You'll probably need your extension here. We're pressed for time. Okay. Here we go. What's the date today? It's the uh, 14th of uh, February. Okay. The last three players who have worn number 14 for the Crows and Port Adelaide. Go. Oh. You haven't said extension yet. Yeah, extension. Okay, extension. You got it. So I've got David McKay wore it. David McKay, correct. Uh, does Jake Saligo wear it now? Uh, who wears it now? I'm asking the questions. I can't tell you the answer. Otherwise, I'll just do it myself. Okay. Um, no, who wears it now? Now I'm worried that it's not. Uh, yeah, Jake Saligo wears it now. Correct. And and uh, the only one I can think of that wore it was Hayden Skipworth. Correct. Crows, done. Port, go. Port is uh, Bergman. Correct. Uh, and I'm at a loss. Uh, Paul Stewart, did he wear Correct. 14? And is the other guy a big tall guy that played in a premiership? What's his name? Billy Frampton. I'm going to give it to you. Winner! That's very good from you. Wow. So the order was, so let's go current day and we'll go back through the years. Saligo, McKay, Skipworth, Bergman, Frampton, Stewart. Oh, there you go. That's really good, Bix. That's a I, good start. I can't believe I got the port ones, but I don't know how. It's deep in the brain. You did a very good job. Well done. The Valentine's Day edition of Quick Bix, a success. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February.
Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 16 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast, going for a top of 25 degrees today. Mark Bickley has just got the lift out from the advertiser today. He's been swept up by Taylor Swift fever. Cardboard cutout doing the rounds. There's a there's a lot of Taylor Swift about Australia at the moment. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a phenomenon, isn't it? Are you Swift, regretting not Swift getting is, tickets? Um, not really. I, I I sort of lived through a different era. I had three uh, daughters who were in their sort of teenage years when One Direction sort of hit. Oh yeah, yeah. Swept through Adelaide and. That was a similar type thing. We chased them up to the Bar- you know, like to the Barossa That's and right. where they were staying and hang out at the airport. Yeah, that was a that was a journey. Well, one of them, uh, Louis, was in Australia recently, mm. um, just living off the back of it. So, wow, you were yeah, you were a big One Direction guy. Um, let's get our nominations in for the good stuff this morning. Use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 13-27-27. Can I throw my nomination in for the good Please stuff? Please do. Peter Ally, former basketballer for the Adelaide 36ers. And it's, I mean, it sounds disrespectful saying former basketball. I'm talking about former legend. Mm. Will formally be inducted into the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Fame in a couple of weeks. So that's right. when they have their Mark Davis perpetual MVP. So the captain of Adelaide Story 1986 Invincibles title team. He'll become the ninth player inducted into the Hall of Fame on the 23rd of February. Is there only nine players in the Hall of Fame? Yes. For the 36ers. Wow. That is an exclusive club because they've had some stars, haven't they? They have. Over the journey. It'll be interesting to see what happens on that night as well in regards to Daniel Johnson because um, the only time that we got to see him this season when he was wearing the jersey of another team. So when he was an injury replacement player, so there was a a nice little um, thank you video on the big screen, but um, hopefully he's farewelled in style then, or maybe the moment's passed. I don't know. But Mm. um, to have that Hall of Fame, which was introduced a couple of years ago, has been really special for the 36ers. So that's uh, my nomination for the good stuff. Okay. My nomination is for the AFL community camps that they do, where they uh, Port Adelaide uh, yesterday headed up to the Flurio Peninsula. We heard Jason Horn Francis. We had some grabs this morning, but you could hear the kids in the background. They're going to to all different parts of the community. So schools uh, predominantly. I saw the itinerary that the Adelaide Football Club, uh, they leave tomorrow to go to Port Lincoln and the Air Peninsula. So they're going and doing a big hit up there and touching as many people as they can. But getting to schools, getting to uh, age facilities, like it, it just is um, where footy is at its best. When when the person in the street can get up close and personal and have a conversation and learn a bit about their star players and yep. their heroes that they see on the footy field. And and unfortunately, it is more difficult if you grow up in the country um, because you are, you know, the tyranny of distance makes it a bit harder to, uh, you know, get up close and personal with, with those players. So when the players come to you, it is a pretty spectacular moment. So um, to all the people on the Fluo Peninsula and the Air Peninsula, Enjoy the next couple of days uh, with your teams. If you're moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 13, 27, 27. I saw it's only 19 degrees in Victor today too, which is awesome. Nice and cold. Don't start this again. It's summer. Okay. 
Um, Winter's cold. You can have all the six months where it's cool. That's fine. But don't wish cold weather in summer. Question without notice. If you were the coach of a team that lost a grand final, Mm. would you watch that grand final and review it or just move on? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I don't think there's any tried and true formula. Some people just say it's too big. Move on. Other and, and it's also difficult to get the players as well because so much mm. happens after a grand final and they've you know their holiday period. So um, I think you need to review it in some way, shape, or form. Um, and and the closer to the game, the better. Uh, so yeah, that's probably the, the way I would do it. This is what Chris Fagan, coach of the Lions, had to say. It was a really good review. I I love the fact that the players were so honest because. That grand final came down to moments, really. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to the players about the idea. I, I said to them, you know, is there a moment that you'd like back? And I went around the room and uh, we and I talked to them too about the idea that, you know, there's there'll be no reprisals here. You, you, you're humans, you'll make mistakes and there'll be things that you regret, but it's important to talk about them here today before you go on leave so you don't carry them around for the next six months. So they must have watched it prior to going on leave. No, I read an article, a really good article that was written around um, Chris Fagan. They did it on the Wednesday. Okay. So the, the Monday there was something on uh, that a function – back in Brisbane, Tuesday with the players did their thing. And then, and then he said they came in on Wednesday and he went around the room just as he explained there and said, now, is there anything you'd like to take back? He, along with the coaches had edited up all the little moments that they thought were costly. And so they went around the room and everyone said their moments and then they pushed the videotape and he said, every moment that we captured, the players had owned up to. Yeah, that's said, good. Yeah. And so it was, there's a nice synergy about that where they were all on the same page. So, it is a even though they weren't successful, it's a stepping stone. They'd made prelims and hadn't been to a grand mm. final. They made the grand final. They will be better served from that experience. Now, whether they can get back there or not, that's the big, that's the hardest part is getting back there. But if they do get back there, having lived that experience, they will be better for it. Twenty two minutes past eight. Back after this. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 27 minutes past eight. Good morning to you. Cloud clearing, top of 25 degrees today. Been a really big show. Um, If you missed the chat we had with the Crows, Matt Crouch, Port Adelaide to Savaratagalia. We also had Bicks. His breakdown today was for the Adelaide Crows midfield. All of that and more will be on the podcast. You can have a look on the socials as well. I was just having a look at your um, burner account on Twitter, Bix. I managed to stumble across, you know how you said you had a wager on Usher wearing a hat at the Super Bowl? Mm. I did see some of the other funny bets that had come through. There was a guy at the front of the Super Bowl halftime performance who got really excited when Usher took his shirt off when he was Mm. singing You Got It Bad. And it turns out he had a $10,000 bet that Usher would take his shirt off during the performance. Seen him at the gym probably pumping a bit of iron. He looks pretty good. I think he's like 45. That's that's young. He should look good. Unfortunately, he's probably got you covered. What do you mean by that? Well, he's a bit more thick set than what you are. Oh, well, I don't have time to go to the gym as much as he does when I'm trying to prepare to keep this show in order. (laughs) 
You just rock up. Oh, come on. Don't start this again. <laughs> you're always at the gym. You're always running. You're always looking after your body. Went for a run yesterday. Yeah, it was nice. Tell us about that. You've got your Strava account. You've been yeah. wa- you've been waffling on about that. Yeah, but Strava, the, the thing is it holds you accountable. So when you kind of want to cheat a little bit, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> the cold weather's good. Shane from North Haven, thank you so much for your text message. 0427 Got to agree with Walsh here. I hope every day is cool during summer, especially when your son plays junior and senior cricket yeah, on a Saturday. I can wear that. Any final Valentine's messages, Mark Bickley? No, no, just to my lovely wife. Have a good day. I'll see you later tonight. I might take your idea on board. I might cook dinner tonight. Okay. I also would like to send a message to your lovely wife. No, to, my, <laughs> uh, to Gabrielle, have a lovely Valentine's Day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love that you support the show. It's going to be a big day today on SENSA. Don't forget Kimbo and The Rooch a little bit later on. Join us on the podcast. We are back tomorrow for plenty more of this stuff. See you, Bix. Yeah, goodbye.